podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. And this evening, folks, we do have Liverpool versus Atletico Madrid in the Champions League at Anfield. The fourth of six group stage games. A game in which if Liverpool win, they will pretty much guarantee themselves passage to the next round. But it's pretty much confirmed anyway. At this stage, they have a five-point lead. They still have Porto at home to come, having demolished them in Porto. And then AC Milan in the final game. And let's be fair, AC Milan have not been good in this season's Champions League. They've lost all three of their games so far. And while they've been competitive, there's just there's a naivety to them in this year's Champions League. And there's a recklessness to them in some of the defending. So if if we had to go to Milan and get a result, you would absolutely back us to do so. Now, Jurgen Klopp will have big decisions to make tonight ahead of the game. What does he do in defence? Does Joel Matip come back in? Ibrahima Kanate was excellent against Manchester United, but a little bit shaky against Brighton. I think that's fair to say. Matip started against Atletico Madrid in the previous game in Madrid. Didn't have a great game, but he has had a pretty good season. You would imagine that he may well just have been rested over the last couple of league games to keep him fit for this one. There is a question mark at left back. Andy Robertson's form has not been particularly good. Will Jurgen Klopp stick with him? You'd imagine so. But Costa Simicus does at least give him an alternative should he decide to move away from Robbo for a short period of time, let him get some rest. Because you know Andy Robertson is going to get flogged by Scotland during the international break. He already looks pretty tired. He looks like a guy who's played an awful lot of football over the last few years. So it's possible Jürgen could make a change there. Unlikely, but possible. Up front, it's very simple. He's got four options for three spots. But it's actually three options for two spots because Mo Salah will start. And then it's a matter of two from Firmino, Mane and Jota. Jota can play off the left or through the middle. Which means that Jürgen has to make a decision. Bobby Firmino did not have a good performance against Brighton. And maybe Klopp might look at the pace and movement of Jota and think that could be beneficial against this Atletico Madrid team. The biggest question marks are obviously in midfield. Now, Thiago and Fabinho are back in training, uh, looking sharp by all accounts, and could well feature tonight. Now, Klopp's big decision on them is basically regarding whether or not he wants to play them tonight or keep them fresh for the weekend when Liverpool play West Ham in what is going to be a very difficult game. There's more riding on that game than there is on this one. Because regardless of the result of this one, Liverpool should A, qualify for the knockout stages and B, win the group, regardless of what happens tonight with the five-point lead that they have. So he may start one, he may start both. I don't really think he has the option of starting neither because even though you could make the argument for it, in terms of keeping them you know, fit and ready for the weekend. Does anyone really want to see a midfield three of Oxlade-Chamberlain, Henderson and Jones again after Brighton 
bullied them at Anfield at the weekend, passed through them, ran through them, did whatever they want. I don't think anyone wants to see that midfield again. And I would assume Jurgen Klopp is, is among those who don't want to see it again. If you had to bet, I think you'd bet that Fabinho comes back in as the number six. But who plays with him? Henderson probably on the right, and then either Jones or Alcantara on the left. Thiago's obviously a much better player and and much more suited to that role. Curtis is still very young and still much more of an attack-minded player than is suited to that left-sided role. But if he wants to go with a strong midfield and try and control the game, he probably has to play Thiago. Nobody else in that midfield offers you real control in possession. Fabinho gives you your defensive solidity. Thiago can give you that control. He can allow you to play the game at your pace, where you want to play the game. He's one of the best in the world at it. To jump around the main Liverpool sites, we have on... This is Anfield, a lot of pre-match talk, as usual. Uh, Diego Simeone explains why he won't shake hands with Jurgen Klopp post-match. Following the uproar of Diego Simeone avoiding Jurgen Klopp's handshake after Liverpool's last meeting with Atletico Madrid, the manager has explained his stance. He says, I've already explained myself after the first match. I don't like the handshake greetings after the match as they are the emotions of two different sides and two different emotional minds. So I don't like greeting after the match. I know in the UK it is a custom and all about chivalry, but I don't share it and I don't like the falseness. So I behave as I feel. I don't know Klopp as a person, but he's a great coach and has been great everywhere he has been. I don't give an opinion on other teams. We are coaches and we all have to respect that. I mean, personally, I don't like the handshake before the game. I really don't like the handshake before the game. And I think they should do away with it. Whatever about the captain shaking hand when they go in for the coin toss, this nonsense that we've had for years of the players lining up and then walking along shaking hands no 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 that's not for me at all and I do get what Simeone is saying if you've just lost a match like he did in that first game where he will feel that his team were wronged he will feel like his team probably shouldn't should have gotten a result from that game it would be fake of him to go up to Jurgen Klopp and say, oh, well done, you deserved it. Because he will believe that he didn't deserve it. He will believe that Atletico Madrid deserved the result. And he will be very, very annoyed that they didn't get the result in the manner that that game broke out or played out. So I think, I think too much was made of this. I think far too much was made of this. This idea that you need to shake hands to show sportsmanship is just, it's bizarre. Very, very bizarre. The next article then is 10 key things to know ahead of tonight's game. Uh, Five out of nine for Atletico. So the article has a misprint. It says, since the two sides last met, Atletico have picked up five points in the last nine games. That's meant to be five points in the last nine points available. Uh, Draws with Real Sociedad and Levante. And a win over Real Betis. A good win over Real Betis. Uh, While the recent form has been far from convincing. 
says this article, well, I look at a league table that sees them currently sitting fourth, but only three points off top with a game in hand and a superior goal difference to the team on top. And the wins, the, the, sorry, the three recent games, Real Sociedad, they're top. Real Betis, they were in the top four when Atletico beat them. Levante was a terrible result, a dreadful result. 2-2 against the team in the bottom three. Very, very poor for Atleti, but their recent form has been quite good. Uh, it's just categorically untrue to suggest that their recent form has not been, you know, not been great. Um, moving forward, how could they line up? So, no Griezmann. He's suspended. The suggested lineup here is Oblak, a back three of Felipe Jimenez and Hermoso, a midfield four of Trippier, DePaul, Coque, and Carrasco, and then Jeff Felix, Luis Suarez, and Angel Correa as the front three. I would doubt he will play a front three. I think he may well play Thomas Lamar uh, in midfield if he's fit. If not, I think he could bring in Lorente, play him in midfield. I think he'll go 3 5 2 with Suarez and Correa up front, or Suarez and Joe Felix up front. I don't think he will play a 3-4-3 away from home against us. Um, Positive news, obviously, about Fabinho and Thiago. We've been over that. How the Reds can reach the last 16. So, with a victory, all three points will guarantee the place in the knockouts. But like I said, even with a defeat, they can still comfortably progress by winning either of the next two games. And if Atletico, if if AC Milan beat Porto, regardless of the result, Liverpool will be guaranteed passage through with a draw against Porto. So uh, nothing of of note there. Uh, Jordan Henderson had some nice things to say about Luis Suarez. Uh, he did suggest that maybe the fans should give him a nice reception. I I don't see that happening. Liverpool have yet to keep a clean sheet against Atletico in seven meetings dating back to 2008. They've conceded 10 goals in that time, half of them coming at Anfield, three of which obviously were in 2020. Defence to focus once more. A lot of talk about the Liverpool defence right now and some of the goals they've conceded, the fact that they haven't kept a clean sheet and, sorry, they haven't won a game when they haven't kept a clean sheet. Um... I think the bigger issue is what's in front of them. They're, the defence is being massively overworked right now because the midfield is failing to do what it's there to do. Did you know that the Reds are unbeaten in the last 24 games? Well, you do now. The same referee who refereed the game the last time Liverpool welcomed Atletico Madrid to Anfield. Uh, I seem to remember he wasn't great that night. But I think he wasn't great for either team. Hmm. Shouldn't be of concern, but certainly not great. And uh, if you want some live blogging coverage of this is Anfield's of the Liverpool game, this is Anfield are running a match day live blog, which will kick off at seven fifteen. Uh, Henry Jackson at the helm. Or Harold, as I like to call him. Um, they've predicted the Liverpool 11. They've gone with Allison, 
Trent, Matip, Virgil, Andy Robertson, Henderson, Fabinho, Curtis Jones, Salah, Jota, Mane. That does probably seem about where it will be. Um, it does seem about where it will be. I, I would be inclined to bring Thiago back in to have the control, but it makes sense to keep him fresh. And he did return to training as well, remember, before Fabinho. So it's, it's always difficult with muscle injuries. Uh, Michael Edwards is wanted by RB Leipzig. Edwards is in the final year of his contract as Liverpool sporting director. And there's obviously a lot of speculation that he could well leave this summer, uh, which would be a huge blow to Liverpool. He has been, after Jurgen Klopp, he has been the most important person in Liverpool's rise from where they were to where they are now. He has overseen a phenomenal turnaround at the club. Now, there are still some rumours that he could extend his contract and stick about, but it's all gone very quiet on the Edwards front. I think for Leipzig, it would be a phenomenal appointment. And I can understand the logic. Leipzig are one of the teams that Edwards has borrowed from in his tenure at Liverpool. He has a relationship with certain people there from different deals that he's done. And depending on whether he's just overseeing Leipzig or overseeing Red Bull's football operation, this could be a huge opportunity for him. If it's the entire operation, that's then Salzburg, New York Red Bulls, the team in Brazil, they've got a team in Africa... They've got a second team in Austria um, as well. So it could be an enormous opportunity for him if he were given an overview of the whole thing. There had been talk, obviously, that Liverpool were looking to do, you know, not, not a Red Bull type operation, but to buy maybe a second club where they could develop players and things like that. And Edwards was believed to be a driving force behind that. So... Red Bull would make sense for him. Uh, on Liverpool.com, Reds eye free transfer as for teenage star as Antonio Conte causes FSG £49.5 million headache. Um, the free transfer target is Fabio Carvalho, a youngster at Fulham who is tremendously talented, came into the team towards the end of last season and Absolutely caught the eye. Liverpool have had success bringing in youngsters from Fulham or a youngster from Fulham in recent years, obviously. So it would make sense. And he is very, very talented. Very, very talented. There were some Fulham fans when we stole Harvey Elliott off them who were adamant that Carvalho was the more talented of the two. I have no idea if that's true. Uh, I didn't see them play together in, in Fulham's uh, youth teams or anything like that. What I've seen of him is impressive. Uh, whether or not he can develop into the level of player that Harvey looks like he can become, I don't know. But he started this season brilliantly. Uh, then he got an injury. Then he got COVID. But 
if Liverpool can jump in and, and get him cheap in January or get him in the summer, absolutely well worth the gamble. Uh, the £49.5 million player that they've mentioned in the target is Frank Kessie, who some Italian outlets are reporting Antonio Conte has made a priority. We have been linked, whether there's any truth in it, I don't know. Liverpool can get Fabinho transfer solution for free in two months with shrewd FSG Serie A raid. Uh, Marcelo Brozovic is the player that they're talking about. I, I would say his age might rule him out of being a target for us, though I do like him. I think he's a very good player, good on the ball, can play as a six primarily or as an eight, as a more defensive eight. Um, yeah, he would be a very good signing. It would just be a matter of whether or not his age would count against him. He is 28 at the moment. I believe he turns 29 before the end of the season. I will just check that now. This is good radio for you. Uh, in fact, he turns 29 in two weeks. So, yeah. If you get him on a free on, on good wages, absolutely. It'd be no, no problem for me, would it? He's a really, really good player, but I don't know. He might not fit the profile for, for certain people. Uh, Naby Keita injury extent is a blow that could see Jurgen Klopp use wildcard option. And the wildcard option, I would assume, is changing the shape. Um, yeah. On AnfieldIndex.com, just the one article for you to read today. Time to welcome Simeone. Really good piece by Stephen Smith. Uh, Podcast-wise, the latest Rate Don't Hate is out for Brighton. Guy to to were uh, Today was still missing, by the way. Um, he appears to have just gone on holiday and not be coming back. You know, it's it is what he does. He, he lives a very high pace, jet set lifestyle. But uh, but Kay Kay sat in and uh, was joined by Guy and Hannah. I haven't listened to it yet. What I will say is, if any midfielder got over a five out of ten, there will be hell to pay. Uh, there is the latest under pressure, the latest AI scouted. And if you are an Anfield Index Pro subscriber, do remember that immediately after the game tonight, on the Anfield Index Discord, we will be doing a live reaction raw. So it will be the one and only brother Trev Downey um, from a field in somewhat rural Ireland. Not real rural Ireland. I live in real rural Ireland. But Trev is somewhat rural. You know, he's only 45 minutes to Dublin. I don't know how rural you can be when you're in that kind of proximity to the capital. But, you know, we let him have his moment. Um, I believe Harry Setti. It is indeed Harry Setti will be in the other chair. And then myself, of course. Uh, so that one should be fun. That one should be fun. Especially if, if Simeone upsets Trev during this game or at any point today, um, after the discussion that took place last time, we may well have death threats. <laughs> we may well have death threats from Trev Downey to Diego Simeone on this podcast. So well worth your while giving that a listen. Uh, and that's it. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. 
Sports Social Podcast Network.